Welcome to Real Radiant, a podcast from the heart to help you connect to your radiant self. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and each week I'm bringing on some amazing guests for real and honest conversations on topics like lifestyle, wellness, and how to live your best life. Let's get into it. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Real Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and I'm so happy to be back here for another episode with you all this week. I hope you guys are all having an amazing day, and I'm so excited for you all to hear today's episode. I'm joined by Emma, also known as Real With Emma on Instagram, and we just have a super great conversation on the pillars of well-being and how you can truly operate from a place of love and not fear, which is her personal mantra. We dive into her spiritual journey and just so many other things that I know that you all will benefit from while listening to this. I truly loved speaking with Emma. She was such a great person to talk to and had such amazing energy and the conversation just really naturally flowed and I love everything that she had to say. She is a holistic coach and guide and has her own podcast called The Real With Podcast. So definitely go check that out and check her out on Instagram. She has programs, courses, things that you can do to help really connect to all that you are and really start operating from a place of love and not fear. So I know that you guys will get so much value out of this episode and I'm so excited for you all to hear it. But before we get into the episode, but before we get into the episode, I want to remind you all to please rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. I love getting feedback from you guys and hearing what you guys like, don't like, things you want to see on the podcast, people you want to hear on the podcast, all that kind of stuff. Any feedback is good feedback. So please let me know and follow the Instagram at Real Radiant with two T's where I'm posting daily on podcast updates yoga, lifestyle, wellness tips, all that kind of stuff. So definitely go check out the Instagram and also the video versions of the podcast are available on YouTube. If you prefer a video format, you can also listen to the podcast episodes on the website, realradiant.me, where I post the latest episodes weekly. So you can also listen on there, but yeah, I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's episode. I hope you are all doing amazing. And without further ado, here's Emma. Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for coming on Real Radiant Podcast. I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive in. Me too. I'm, I'm, I just have to say, like, I ever since I had Kathy DeFreitas on, she said that she took your mastery class, the Real With Mastery. And ever since then, I've like been following your content and everything. And I just have to say, I, I love what you do and everything. So, oh my gosh, thank you so much. How do you know Kathy? She's like, she went from client to now super good friend of mine. She was like one of the very first people, one of the first few people that I had on the podcast and we just connected through wow. Instagram. So it's kind of, Oh my funny. gosh. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The holistic mommy. She is mm-hmm. fantastic. I love her so much. The big question of the podcast that I ask everybody that comes on is what is one quote that has resonated with you and changed your perspective on things like life, jobs, relationships, anything like that? This is a really good question. And if you don't mind, I'm going to share the quote. It's not necessarily a quote. It's more of a mantra that I live by. And it first kind of came to me from Gabby Bernstein. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She's an amazing spiritual teacher. And in one of her books, I forget which one it is because I've read them all. She talks about this method to overcoming intrusive thoughts and anxiety, and she calls it the choose again method. And in this method, it's basically saying, you know, when an intrusive thought pops in or just say a thought that makes you feel anxious or insecure, 
maybe the thought is I'm not good enough to host a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. When that thought pops in and you bring mindfulness in, now you have an opportunity. So you thank the thought for showing you how you don't want to feel. You choose a better thought, like a higher vibrational thought, and then you kind of release it and move on. And there's a few more steps to that, but that's basically how it is. And that was something that I had read during the first spiritual awakening that I ever went through back in 2019. And I really like took that and ran with it. And any moment of my day, I just kept telling myself, you know, choose again, choose again. And then eventually it ended up morphing into choosing love over fear because love and fear to me really represent the two, I guess it's like the duality of life. Like there's things that you can do out of love and there's things that you can do out of fear. It might be Mm -hmm. the same action, but the intention really matters. And so I guess the quote to answer your question is just love over fear. And I use like the, the greater than symbol when I'm talking about it on social media and for me and for a lot of my clients, it's helped them understand that it actually doesn't have to be so hard. You just have to ask yourself, am I doing this out of love or am I doing it out of fear? And you can apply it to any choice. Like if you go out on a Friday or stay in on a Friday, Uh, if you choose to stay in, are you staying in for yourself, like out of love? Are you staying in out of fear of, you know, maybe you don't want to spend money or you don't want to drink because you're scared or you feel left out or whatever it is. Any decision can be boiled down to the intention. And so I guess that's the quote or the mantra that I really live by and completely changed my life. I really, really love that. I love that a lot, especially like what you said at the beginning, how we should thank our thoughts for showing us how we don't want to feel. I think that's like, that obviously takes so much self-awareness because when you're in that mindset of like really negative thoughts, it's hard to keep track of them and like wake up from those thoughts, but just thanking them and acknowledging like that they're showing you how you don't want to feel is really big because it shows you that there's two sides to every coin. And just because your mind is thinking something about you that's probably negative doesn't actually mean that it's true and you don't have to feel like that. Exactly. And I think for a lot of us, we have so many thoughts every day that are on loops. We have neural networks in the brain. It's like the more that you think a thought, the more that that thought gets fired. Mm -hmm. And the key to being able to stop that thought loop is mindfulness. It's recognizing when the thought drops in and you don't want it there. And then by intentionally choosing thoughts that you want to think and how you want to feel, that's how you can slowly begin to shift from a negative mindset to more of a positive one. And it doesn't mean that you don't have bad days. Like, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't deal with anxiety anymore. And that sometimes Mm -hmm. I have to just give into how I'm feeling or thinking, but for the most part, my life completely changed when I began to not allow those negative thoughts to just do what they want to, when Mm -hmm. I stop them in their tracks and choose something else. And yeah, it is cool. When you think about it, it's simply showing you what you don't want. And it's highlighting through that exactly what you do want. And so it's a great way to get to know yourself and what you want out of life a little bit better as well. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you the power back, which I really like. Yes. Yes. So tell us more about yourself, what you do, who you are, all of that. Mm, I love this question, but I also hate this question because it's so, (laughs) I feel like at this point in time, it's so difficult to boil myself down, but Mm -hmm. my name is Emma Campania. 
soon to maybe potentially be Emma D'Andre. Not sure if I'm going to take my fiance's last name, but that's a whole other conversation. I am 28 years old. I run my own business. I am a holistic health coach, but I'm also stepping into being more of a mentor or a guide for other women who run a business, other women who, you know, not necessarily are selling something, but feel like they're here to help the world in some way and want to be able to move through whatever stopping them from doing that in a way that feels good for them. So it's been new. It's been exciting for me because up until I would say two or three months ago, I was just doing holistic health coaching. And I'm sure if you asked Kathy or anyone who has ever worked with me inside of one of my health coaching containers, it's not just health. We don't just talk about health. We're talking about mindset and spirituality and, you know, mind, body, soul. We talk about it all. I just kind of have it under the umbrella of, of health coaching, but yeah, I run my own business. I have my own podcast. There's a lot of things happening right now. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in the last year and like leading me into 2022 is that when I answer this question, I don't have to wrap it up nice and neat in a bow for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I'm, I'm figuring it out just like everyone else is. I'm not an expert in anything. And I think the more that I know, the less I know sometimes. And I really consider myself a student of life. I love learning. I love exploring things. I like questioning things, questioning the way that things have been done before, how we talk, how we eat, how we move, how we communicate. Um, and so that's really what I'm hoping to bring to my community is just realness, um, you know, different perspectives on different topics that maybe they've never heard before. And that's really what gets me going is just expansive conversations such as this. So, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And I love that you acknowledge that you're not an expert on anything and that you're just always looking to the universe and like always trying to learn more and also teach more in those same process. So I think that's such a great thing to acknowledge because oftentimes, like, especially for yourself, when you're working with clients, I don't work with anyone or anything, but I can just imagine that as a client working with someone like you, it can be really easy to fall into the idea of like, oh, this person knows everything and I'm Mm -hmm. just going to lean on this person for everything. And it kind of takes that like human aspect out of it. And I think when you you yourself acknowledge that, Hey, I'm not an expert. I'm still learning. And we're all just kind of moving through the motions together. It makes it so much more personal. Yeah. Yeah. And when I work with clients, it's very interesting. I get into this space where I drop in a little bit deeper and my conscious brain isn't the one running the show. It's almost Mm -hmm. as if I'm channeling in a way it's, it's how I describe it to most people. Mm -hmm. I'm channeling my own wisdom, my own knowing I'm channeling what my client needs to hear. And a lot of the work that I do with people is like listening to them. It's holding space for them and allowing the container to provide space for them to meet themselves. And of course I'm a very talkative person. So I jump in, we go back and forth, but really I'm helping people discover that they can help themselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people just need that space and that support and that guidance to figure things out, to unpack their own layers and then see what's in front of them. 
And this is why, you know, when I first started working as a holistic health coach, like way back after I first got certified, they tell you, you know, like, this is what it's going to look like. You work with people for three months or six months, and this is how often you meet, and this is what you tell them and what you give them. But very quickly into working Mm -hmm. with people who came to me wanting to lose weight, wanting to be healthier, you know, like the classic, I'm going to go work with a health coach. Very quickly, I realized that none of it had to do with food. Like I could tell them what to eat. I could tell them how to work out, but none of that mattered if they didn't love themselves or speak kindly to themselves or show themselves compassion or have a desire to be intuitive, right? So it was like this very big wake up call for me. And that's what led to me creating the Real With Project, which is an eight week group program where we are basically hitting all of those major pillars of what it actually means to be or to have well-being, I guess you could mm. say. And it's it's been like a roller coaster, but yeah, it's so much more than just oh, I'm a health coach and I know everything and I'm going to tell you to eat, you know, a half an avocado every day and, you mm. know, do pilates. It's it's a lot more personal and a lot more intimate than that, which is why I couldn't be happier that this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that because you're not like approaching it from more of a superficial level. Cause like, there's so many people out there that just want to like treat the symptoms and just tell you like, Mm -hmm. Oh, just eat healthy, work out more. But there's so much more to that. Just like you said, there's a whole nother layer under there. And that's like the real layer that you want to get to, to make actual change. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And you talked about the pillars of well-being that you kind of go into in your, um, in what you do. So can you kind of walk us through what you truly think like the main pillars are of having good well-being? Yeah, yes, totally. I've actually never been asked this before. So I'm, I'm a little bit excited (laughs) and in full transparency, the real with project is what I've been running since like, this is the first real big program that I ever launched. And this was back in like early 2020, like pre pandemic and it's grown and it's evolved. And I've recorded it so many times because I've grown and I've evolved. So the modules inside this course had to change as well. But those pillars, as I mentioned, those pretty much stayed the same and the pillars that I created, or, you know, it's broken down into eight weeks, eight different topics, It's based on how I healed. It's almost like my own blueprint. Mm -hmm. And, you know, week one, I love to get food and fitness out of the way. And so we, of course, talk about gut health and hormones and how to have uh, proper digestion, like how to go to the bathroom every day. We talk about fiber and adequate protein and so that you can like build a plate and feel good about what you're eating and you know that you're doing what your body wants. We talk about blood sugar stabilization. So we do touch on that. But then the other half of that conversation is the energetics of what does it mean to be in a body? It's understanding that your soul is in a physical vessel and you are in charge of taking care of that vessel. And that vessel is here. It's, it's an energy exchange. It's here to move you through life and almost treating your body like that temple. You know, we've heard that saying before, it's really, really important to do that. But at the same time, there's that very delicate line where you can cross the threshold to obsession where it's like, I have to eat clean and I have to work out every day. And I lived that. I was orthorexic for a while, especially at the start of my health coaching journey. I was obsessed with ingredient labels and, and it's well and good. And you need to pay attention to that. But if it's taking away from 
your joy and your presence and your ability to live this life in the third dimension, you know, like we came to earth for a reason. It's a crazy place with so many different experiences. And so the one thing in that module that I encourage people to ask themselves is the question at what cost, you know, if you're going to a family barbecue and there's like cornbread and I don't know, like all of this amazing food. I said cornbread because it's like my favorite thing in the world. Are you going to not let yourself eat that for the sake of being healthy? Like, what is that costing you? It's costing you the joy and the true soul nourishment that you would experience from eating a food that is so delicious to you. Um, same thing with, are you going to go out and have a glass of wine? Are you not going to drink? Cause it's not healthy. And you know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. asking yourself at what cost, um, So food and fitness, of course, is a huge piece. And then week two, we talk about mindfulness, which I had already touched on a little bit. Mindfulness is the awareness. It's being aware of what are you thinking? How are you feeling? It's tapping in, it's tuning in. And I call mindfulness the catalyst for change because you can't change what you're not aware of, which is why the first 24 years of my life, I was super negative and super toxic because I wasn't aware of those thoughts. I just took all of the thoughts that I was thinking as the truth, as the reality, when it's actually my ego. So week three, then we dive into ego and fear and the law of attraction and the power of thought and energy. And then week four, I think it's all about self-care, true self-care in body, mind, and soul. We talk about sleep. We talk about hormones. We talk about sex, intimacy, pleasure practices. And I'm trying to think because I've moved them around a little bit. But in short, the weeks five, six, seven, we talk about things like judgment in comparison and judgment in comparisons, it's own week in my program because people don't recognize how much it impacts our day-to-day life. And I don't mean just going out and seeing a girl in the coffee shop and being like, uh, I don't like her outfit. You know, I'm talking about judging yourself, judging your thoughts, judging your actions, judging your body, judging your interactions. I think a lot of us in this day and age are really plagued with social anxiety and we judge the way that we show up. We judge the way that we breathe, the way that we laugh, the way that we sneeze. You know, it's, it's like we are walking on eggshells around ourselves, trying not to trigger that judgment within us. And then of course, comparison it's, it's the number one way to ruin your day is comparing yourself to somebody else. It's just the quickest way to low, lower your vibe. Um, and then another one is relationships, relationship with yourself, relationship with intimate partners, relationships with friends, relationship with the barista at Starbucks. It's, it's understanding that Every single person that you come across in your life is there for a divine purpose. They may be there for a season for a reason or for forever. And being able to view relationships as teachers, as mirrors that are always showing you things is really important. And then the last week is all things woo-woo. This is when I talk about cycle syncing. I talk about, Mm. you know, manifestation, the law of attraction, tarot and crystals. And so, yeah, this eight week program, it's kind of like, those are the, the steps that I had to take in order to become that full embodied authentic self. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love how in depth you gave the description on each of those <laughs> because for so many people that could be listening, they could just think like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. Like that's definitely something that I could work on. But like your descriptions takes it to a whole nother level on like the importance of why we actually need to do this. Cause that's a big thing. I think a lot of people, they like will sign up for courses or they'll work with holistic health coaches and stuff like that, but they'll never know why. And like, I feel like with those pillars, you're actually figuring out like why you need to Mm -hmm. improve your diet, like why you need to love yourself, like why you are doing what you're doing. And that just, I think, creates so much more longevity and like actually sticking to these practices and really changing your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think This is always what trips me up when I just say launch my program, right? Mm -hmm. When you run your own business, I mean, I do it through Instagram. I'm sure you've probably seen it. I'm like, hi, this is my offer. This is what I do. Here's what it's about. I'm inviting those of you who feel like it's in, it's in resonance for you. I'm inviting you into this container. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people join and they don't know why. Sometimes they're like, I just saw you launching this thing and I felt called to it. And then once the program ends, and I'm getting chills right now. I always get full body chills when I'm saying something that's like of, of divine truth, but Mm -hmm. people will join. And then the eight weeks is done. And they're like, I had no fucking idea that that was what I needed, but it was exactly what I needed. And everyone joins maybe thinking one specific week, one, you know, topic is, is what Mm -hmm. they came for. Most often it's food and it's fitness. And then it's like the spirituality. They want to learn about the law of attraction. They Mm want to learn about manifestation. And then they leave. And you know that trend right now, that's like the two punches. It's like the first punch is something small. And Mm -hmm. the second punch comes in heavier. That second punch for most people will be like their relationship module. And they're Mm -hmm. like, I had no idea that their relationships in my life were causing so much pain and so much suffering. And, you know, maybe it's the judgment module for some people that just smacks them in the face. And they're like, wow, I can sit down and journal and manifest all I want. I can eat all the salads, but if I don't stop judging myself and others, I'm not going to get where it is that I want to go. And so, yeah, we go in super deep. And the best part about the containers that I create is that they're a group setting. So it's me Mm -hmm. and like five women And we just dive in and everyone opens up and like we cry and we laugh. And it's just this unfiltered, raw discovery of, of how these topics are intertwined in all of our lives. And it's super cool. So thank you for asking me about it. Cause I haven't really talked about it in months. Cause I was supposed to run a real with project in May And then life was just so insane. So I actually pushed it off to September, Um, but I'm really excited. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it seems so helpful because it it really seems like it's creating like the two most important things, I think, which are vulnerability and relatability. So like having a space where you can be vulnerable with other women and then also relate to other women and say like, oh, I went through that too. And so those, I think are two really big things that really help people with yeah. really uncovering like the things that they need to work on and all of that. So I think that's, that's really good. Yeah. There was, of course, I like saw it on a TikTok, but there was mm-hmm. this, this woman who was talking about a study that was recently done specifically on women talking about what it is that we need to have optimal well-being, mm-hmm. especially emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And they brought up, I think it's called 
tend and befriend that we need women's circles. I mean, think about like the suburban soccer moms who just need their power walk together. And the, the women who at the end of the day, they curl up on the couch and they call their sister or their best friend. And like women need emotional support from other women. And this is something that I tell my clients is you don't always have to make your male counterpart partner that place for you. Like lean Mm -hmm. into that womanhood, that sisterhood. It's part, it's in our DNA and it's so supportive for us. And just like you said, the being able to relate to one another, that's what opens more doors. It's not Mm -hmm. always me either. Sometimes I have to just say Kathy, for example, if she's on the call, and we're talking about judgment and comparison. And then all of a sudden she starts opening up about how judgment shows up in her life. Another girl on the call is then like, oh my God, Kathy, I never thought of it that way. I feel the same. And it's like, just so much opens up when you allow yourself to be vulnerable with other women. And I'm sure, you know, right. It's like, mm-hmm. we all have those best friends that we could talk to until five in the morning. And then we wake up the next day and we feel refreshed and rejuvenated. And like our cup is full because We've been seen, we've been heard, we've been validated, we've been able to express ourselves without fear of judgment. It's one of the most powerful things that we can do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Especially because nowadays in society, I feel like it's so easy for women to just like pit each other against one another. And like mm-hmm. that's where like the judgment and comparison come in because it's so easy to just be like, oh, I don't like that girl because she has something I don't, or she said something to me that I don't like, but just remembering that, okay, we're all here together on this earth for a reason. And like, we have things that we can share and have in common. And just because someone has more than you or has something that you don't, or you're jealous of them for something, it doesn't mean that they are any less or any better than you or less than Mm -hmm. you. So just Mm -hmm. remembering that, that we're all here as women together. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. I, to this day, I still struggle with competitiveness and Mm -hmm. with wishing ill on people who I'm secretly jealous of, right? It's this Mm -hmm. weird thing where it's like, if it can't be me, I don't want it to be them. Or you feel Mm -hmm. like if it's them, therefore it can't be me. Now I'm mad at them. Or, you know, just before we jumped on this podcast, I was scrolling and I saw this girl in this reel that she made. And my first thought was like, oh, Like, of course, Mm -hmm. of course, she's showing her beautiful day and everything's just my first thought was negative towards her. And then I stopped for a moment and I was like, oh, wish her the best and kept scrolling. Right. Like that's Mm -hmm. the mindfulness that's going. Okay. That thought was lowering my vibration. It wasn't hurting her. The only person Mm -hmm. who was suffering by me making that judgment was me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good to judge other people. And so being able to recognize when competitiveness competitiveness comes up and not judging yourself further because as you said we were like born into a world where women were just pitted against each other it's just mm-hmm. the nature think about any show we watched growing up there were the mean girls there were the clicks you know it was always catty there was always gossip we mm-hmm. learned that we learned from what we saw what was being presented to us so it's normal to feel competitive. It's normal to maybe judge someone or be like, oh, of course, or, you know, but that's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of the programming. And so Mm -hmm. forgiving yourself and then sending whoever you're judging love is like the best practice that you can do because slowly, but surely 
it alleviates some of that darkness that we all feel when we're in that moment of comparison or being competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I read in this book, the seven spiritual laws of success and one of the laws is giving. And I think Mm -hmm. one thing that really helps if you're experiencing that, like jealousness or hate, like not hatred, but just like that feeling of resentment towards someone else, especially towards another woman is that you should just bless the individual. Like it could literally just be in your head silently, just say universe, God, like whatever you believe in, just say, I want to bless this individual and hope that they have a beautiful day. And then by giving to that person, you're going to get so yes. much more back in return. And so just keeping that in mind when you do get those feelings within you can be something helpful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. I haven't read that book, um, but I'll have to, because it seems like it's right on par mm-hmm. with everything that I'm talking about, but that's exactly it. It's just, we don't always have to keep blaming ourselves and judging ourselves for having those thoughts. You know, we don't choose for them to pop up. They just do. And then what are you going to do with it? Then that's where the the real test is, is what are you going to do? Are you going to bless them and like, you know, forgive yourself and move on? Or are you going to hold on to that thought and identify with it and almost fuel it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. So at the beginning, you mentioned that you've kind of been through several spiritual awakenings throughout your time. And can you kind of like walk us through what those experiences were like and then how they helped you connect to yourself? Yeah. So my first spiritual awakening came, I would say after a year, about a year after I decided to heal myself and I had a very terrible eating disorder, eating disorders. And I I hate even using that because it was more just like, everything in my life was disordered. Like I had a really toxic relationship to food, to my body, to working out from being a division one athlete in college. I had all of my worth wrapped up in my physical body. Mm-hmm. And so I would use food and fitness to manipulate that. I just like struggled getting dressed every day. I struggled being intimate with my boyfriend. I struggled looking in the mirror at myself naked, like hated being on the beach. I just was really really low vibrational. I was like a shell of myself. I had abandoned all of the beautiful parts of me. And when I finally realized like, oh, like I'm not okay. I need to do something. That was the catalyst that led me towards that spiritual awakening. So it began Mm -hmm. with just, oh, I need to heal. I still wasn't really mindful at that time. I wasn't recognizing my thoughts, but I slowly began to journal. Then I began listening to health and wellness podcasts. Then I realized my gut health was in shambles. So then I healed that. And that's kind of what fueled me wanting to become a holistic health coach. I had actually just gotten my master's in sports nutrition. I thought I was going to be a sports nutritionist, but after my own health suffered and Western medicine failed me, I was like that classic. I'm going to become a health coach. So no one has to go through what I went through. And all of these steps kind of led to, it was the winter of 2019. And of course, as many people, I watched the movie, the secret, this is how so many people wake up. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, what? Whoa, this is insane. And from that, I began to dive into my journaling practice. And then like a spiritual awakening is like a whirlwind. It's like you get thrown into this whole new reality where you're recognizing anything's possible. Everything's possible. You start like romantic 
to sizing what your life can be. And so I think Mm -hmm. for most of us, that first spiritual awakening is bliss. Mm -hmm. I mean, symptoms of spiritual awakenings. I can touch on that a little bit. You don't sleep. You just want to like research more, learn more. So I'd be on TikTok on like spiritual TikTok till 3am. I was reading all the books. I was practicing tarot. I was getting the crystals. I was so like obsessed with it, starting Kundalini and breath work and all of it kind of came to, it started to like taper off for me. And I started to like solidify what was for me and what wasn't. But at Mm -hmm. first it was this crazy whirlwind of just wanting more, more, more. And that first spiritual awakening, like I said, it, it tapered off and like life kind of came back to normal, but then you begin to realize like, oh, I have all this shadow work to do because even though I, I know about manifestation, how I view money or how I view success or how I view myself in the public eye, being someone who's on social media a lot, I started to deal with a lot of imposter syndrome. And it was Mm -hmm. kind of like this huge roller coaster where I had this big dip where I didn't know who I was. I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. I didn't know what was going to come next. I felt fake. I felt like a fraud. I didn't know how I got there. And I think that's normal for many of us, but it's what you do from that low. It's it's Mm -hmm. how you navigate that that really dictates the trajectory of where you go next. And so during that, that first low, I just Mm -hmm. dove in because that's something that I I tend to do is I go at everything 110%. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like going to therapy, going and seeing an energy healer, doing like deep guided hypnosis meditations and looking at my shadow and doing the journaling prompts and Mm -hmm. then I got back to neutral and I just like lived life. And I would say since that point, I've probably gone through another two or three spiritual awakenings that haven't been so intense, but it's almost just like a reality switch where I can't really sleep. My appetite is off. I'm super intrigued with a certain topic. I can't stop thinking about it. And it's almost like the rest of my life becomes a little bit more quiet and I'm Mm -hmm. focused on myself and my world and like what's happening within me. And I'm actually... I feel like I'm kind of going through one right now after eclipse season. It's that same telltale sign, can't sleep, not really hungry, hyper fixating on certain things, craving learning again. And I think it's a good thing to recognize when it's time to go all in. But then there's also the times where you have to just remember to live your life. And there isn't this need to, to always be learning, you know, like think about being a student, you get the summer off. Like when you're Mm -hmm. in school, you take the summer off, you take breaks off where you're not having your mission every day to be cramming more in your brain. That's one of the things that has helped me navigate. This is being like, okay, I've learned enough. Now I need to go take what I read, what I watched, and I need to integrate it and maybe Mm -hmm. even try and embody it before I go on to like the next thing or try and go learn more. But the spiritual awakening is what I truly believe facilitated the deepest level of healing for me. I could not be who I am if I didn't connect to my spirituality. And that's what Mm -hmm. I think spirituality is. It's, it's coming back home to yourself and knowing that you are so much more than just a body. You are a soul. You are pure light, pure love. You were born into this world. Absolutely perfect. And the only reason that we struggle is because this world makes us believe that we need to change, you know, and something that I tell my clients is it's even as simple as being a little kid and being told how to be good 
Mm. It means like inherently you aren't good. So from the jump, we're all like, okay, this is what it means to be a good person. This is what it means to be a bad person. If I cry too much, if I have too much emotion, if I have a tantrum, right? Little kids don't know how to handle their big emotions. Mm. As adults, when we deal with anxiety, like we have panic attacks as adults because we don't know how to handle those emotions. They're just as big inside a tiny little body. So when mm. kids experience intense emotions, I know for me, my parents love them to death. It was the classic, like go in your room for timeout, you know, mm. and then you're just left alone and you're like, okay, this is bad. I have to be alone because I'm feeling, and we mm. all end up kind of separating and handling ourselves in different ways. And when you connect to your spirituality, you can heal that. You can learn that your emotions are guiding you to releasing things and opening up to things. And it's just mm -hmm. like, I don't even know if I'm doing a good job of explaining it, but it's just this whole new world that you have access to when you come back to yourself and come back to the knowing that the only reason we struggle is because we've learned a lot of really toxic habits and the way we view things is not self-serving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And you did explain that well. That was, that was good. <laughs> um, so like for somebody that is listening to this and they're like, well, I'm doing all these things. Like I'm meditating, I'm like reading all these spiritual books and everything, but then they just don't feel like it's clicking. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something, maybe like a block within them that their subconscious or something just isn't allowing it to absorb. Like, how would you mm -hmm. recommend that they unblock that and actually, take the information and take the things that they were doing and actually get to it on a spiritual level. The real lesson in all of this. And I think this is what it's negatively perpetuated through social media. The whole point of this, and there's actually a trend right now that's saying um, like being your best self or, or like healing isn't becoming your best self. Healing is loving the worst version of yourself. There's something mm -hmm. along those lines. And that's exactly it. If you're only meditating and you're only reading all these books, because you think that at the end of the meditation and after that final chapter is done, that mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're going to be better. That's out of fear, right? It's those two things we talked about. Don't go read the book out of fear. Don't mm -hmm. go meditate out of fear. And if you keep putting these things that are outside of you as the dictator of your worthiness, like, oh, I'll only be worthy if I meditate every day. I'll only mm -hmm. be worthy if I read all these books. I'll only be worthy if I have the green juice and then do, you can do all of those things, but have them add to your life. They're not the, the measuring tool on how good of a person you are. And mm -hmm. this is what creates blocks for so many people is they're doing all the right things, but they still don't love themselves as they are, you mm -hmm. know? And I've fallen into that trap when I don't meditate. I'm like, Oh my God, like I didn't meditate. It's okay. I'm a human. I didn't have time mm -hmm. to meditate today. So what? I love myself anyways. It's mm -hmm. allowing the book that you're reading to add to your life. Not like I said, having that book be okay, only when I finish this book, will I feel like I know enough, you know, mm -hmm. because then you're on a hunt forever. It'll never end. There'll always be another book. There'll always be another meditation. There'll always be another thing that you're trying to put into your life to be the key, like mm -hmm. the Hail Mary pass to being what you think you have to be versus I love and accept myself today, regardless if I meditate, regardless if I finish the book, regardless if I do jack shit, mm -hmm. that is the point of this work is can you love yourself 
regardless. Accept yourself regardless. All those other things, they're just there to fuel you and expand you. But if you're vibrating on fear and lack and scarcity, and then you're trying to go do all these things to save you, to be better, you're only expanding that fear. You're not expanding the love. So it's so important that if you feel like you are scurrying around, running around, like I'm going to meditate, then I'm going to do EFT tapping, then I'm going to journal, and then I'm going to go to this retreat and I'm going to follow all these wellness accounts and spirituality accounts. None of those people are going to help you if you're not willing to just, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. Who I am today is good enough. Anything I add on is just like the cherry on top. To just be, I like that. Mm -hmm. I just finished reading Perfectly Imperfect by Baron Baptiste. And he talked about this and like, he was saying how he was teaching a yoga class and he asked the yoga, like the yoga class, like what truly is a real yogi. And he explained that it's really similar to what you're saying, that it's simply just acknowledging like who you are right here in the moment, like acknowledging that you get frustrated, that you can't do everything that you fall out of poses, like in the yoga example. And it goes along the same lines with what you're saying is that when we're trying to like, just go through the motions and like check things off the to-do list and say like, okay, I'm going to meditate. Then I'm going to journal. Then I'm going to do all this stuff. And then I'm going to be good. Like it's all going to work. It's the same thing. Cause we're not actually acknowledging like, oh, okay what do I feel right now in this moment? Do I actually want to do that? Or do, would I prefer to do something else? Like would, and it goes back to what you said about what is it costing you? And even Mm -hmm. though like meditation and journaling and all those stuff, they're so good for you. But if you're simply doing it just to check it off the to-do list, you can ask yourself the same thing. Like, what is this costing me? Is it actually benefiting Mm -hmm. me or is it taking away something, you know? Yeah. And something that I want to share that just dropped in, I saw Sahara Rose and I absolutely love her. She was talking Mm -hmm. about specifically for women. um, Our brain is so different from the male brain. Mm -hmm. And there are studies that show when men sit down onto a couch, when they sit down after a workday, they can literally sink into stillness, like at the, just in a snap. They just sink in, their brain immediately slows down and they're not thinking all of these crazy thoughts. Whereas women, when we go to sit in stillness, our brain ramps up. We hear more thoughts. We, we are like living in, in the chaos that is our life and that is our brain. And the one thing that slows our brain down and gets us into that state of true stillness is Mm -hmm. when we're like completing a task or we're being expressive. And so Sahara Rose, what she was saying tied into this, where the like gateway to spirituality for men or to enlightenment Mm -hmm. is meditation, like stillness, quiet. But for women, it's actually through expression. It's through dancing. It's through painting, Mm -hmm. walking, like cleaning put on like healing frequencies and clean your whole fucking kitchen. That is actually going to be more conducive to healing or connecting to yourself for a woman Mm -hmm. and giving your brain that break that it desires than it would be for a woman to sit down and expect herself to sit for 30 minutes in complete silence. And it's not Mm -hmm. to say that those, you know, meditations for women don't work. I sit down with myself every morning, but honestly, I do about five to 10 minutes and the whole time I'm moving, I'm like Mm -hmm. stretching my hips. I'm stretching my, my side body. I'm rolling my neck because Mm -hmm. to me, when I, when I'm able to bring movement into my meditation, 
my mind gets a little bit more calm. So just wanted to throw that in there because I do know how many women are like, I sit down and my brain just like turns up and Mm -hmm. then I feel like I'm failing and then I don't want to do it. And then I feel like I'm bad at it. So just recognize that even though this huge spirituality wave and movement has started, you are unique. And, Mm -hmm. and regardless what I said about like men versus women, you have to find what works for you and what connects you to yourself. There's no right or wrong way to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like that. I didn't know that. That's Mm -hmm. a really good tip and like something to just remember, especially for those listening, because it's so easy to compare ourselves to men and like think that what works for them is going to work for us. But when you realize that there's different approaches to everything and things that better Mm -hmm. align with who we are as individuals, it can kind of make you feel less stressed or like bad about yourself for not doing the things that other people are doing. Yeah, exactly. And so like you talked a little bit about fear and the a couple minutes ago and how do you think we can actually stop operating from a place of fear? Cause it's really easy to do. I think what I always say is mindfulness. It's mm-hmm. getting into the practice of becoming aware of how you're feeling when you go to do something. And I'll give a perfect example of this. So yesterday was Monday, typically at the start of the week. I think for a lot of us, when you're an entrepreneur, especially you don't have someone who's like, all right, by Tuesday, this needs to be done. You have a meeting Wednesday. This is like, you don't have someone creating that schedule. So for me, Mondays, a lot of time can be filled with anxiety and like, I have a million things to do. I should try and do as much as I can today. And it's, I'm not the best with time management. I'm I have ADHD. I don't take medication. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm Sagittarius through and through. Like I am meant to just be bopping from what inspires me to the next thing that inspires me. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I fall into the hustle culture trap. So for example, yesterday, right now I'm launching the body image project, which is like, I'm so excited about this. I get so jacked up just thinking about it, but the launch it's like, okay, should I be talking in my stories? I don't want to talk too much. Should I send an email? Should I send five emails? Should I write all the emails right now? I was starting to spiral. This was around three o'clock yesterday. And then I looked at my to-do list. I still needed to go to Whole Foods. I still wanted to move my body. I still wanted to work out that day. And I was like, I could sit here at my desk and I could just ruminate on what I could do, should do, what I think needs to be done. Or I can go do something that I know will lift my spirits, get me out of this cycle. And if I decide to come back and do more work, then I can do that. So that's Mm -hmm. an example of me recognizing, like, I could have sat at my desk out of fear and been like, let me just try and accomplish as much as I can. But instead of that, I recognized that within me, I was feeling off kilter. I wasn't Mm -hmm. feeling good. I was starting to feel anxious. I was starting to just, oh, like get weighed down. And so I chose to go grocery shopping out of love for myself. I chose to move my body, to take a break from the chaotic workday, to connect to this vessel. As women, when we move and what I do for movement now, right now I'm in my luteal phase. So I do more like Pilates or walking or lightweight resistance work, specifically Pilates and yoga. When we're moving and opening up our hips and our chest, like we are moving energy through us. And so I actually prefer to work out around four or five o'clock every day. Cause it mm-hmm. is my signal to my body that 
the workday is ending. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to be shifting into human mode where you get to experience life, not from the eyes of an entrepreneur and a business owner. And so that's just like a small example of recognizing I was about to lock myself in my office out of fear, out of worry Mm -hmm. to do whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, And I easily could have gone to the grocery store out of fear. Like Mm -hmm. if I don't do this right now, then I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. And then it's so easy to slip out of, I'm doing this for positive intention to I'm Mm -hmm. doing this because I'm scared of what'll happen if I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good example too, because like grocery shopping and work are things that we all do. And I can't tell you how many times I've operated from fear for something so simple as grocery shopping, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to just squeeze this in my schedule. Like I'll just take 30 minutes, go do it. And then you're like rushing through the grocery store, like not even looking at the people around you, acknowledging your surroundings. And then you get home, like anxiously um, put it all away and then just like get back to work. And it's just so stressful. It adds so much more stress to your day that you've absolutely don't need like grocery shopping should not be stressful and I think that's like what the fear brings it brings more stress and Mm -hmm. I like what you said about just like resetting like taking the time and Mm -hmm. also another thing I think Melissa Wood uh, said this in one of her like first podcast episodes and she said that she always leaves something unfinished like at least one email unanswered some tasks like almost done or something, because if you are always trying to like complete something, then there's always going to be something else to do. And before you know it, it's 8 PM and you're still working and you haven't done any of the things that you wanted to do that really feeds your soul. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And um, I love Melissa Wood. I honestly, Mm -hmm. she is, she was one of the biggest expanders for me when I first started healing my relationship to movement. She was the first person who was like, movement doesn't have to be torture and it doesn't have to be punishment. And it was such a refreshing thing because I was looking at this woman who was so incredibly powerful. And she also Mm -hmm. suffered from an eating disorder for many years. And she's talked about it on podcasts before. And it was actually listening to her talk about her story that Mm -hmm. got me to that place where I was like, okay, if she can admit that she needed help, I can too. Like if someone who's amazing and like beautiful and just her essence is powerful. She's also a Sagittarius, I think. But I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. So she's been a huge catalyst for me and a big expander for me. But one thing I want to add when it comes to grocery shopping, we have to remember that what we focus on expands. And I guarantee you people can relate when you're trying to squeeze in the grocery run you always end up forgetting something or you can't find something. So you end up like frantically like laps around the grocery store looking for this one item where typically Mm -hmm. you'd be able to find it in a blink. And when you are rushing, you are actually, I want you to imagine the clock like picking up its speed and it moves Mm -hmm. faster when you're rushing around because that's actually the energy that you're emitting as you're like quicker, quicker. So time's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll go quicker for you. And so when you rush into something, it typically goes by in a blink versus if you take all of your time and you're patient with yourself in the grocery store and you just walk up and down every aisle, even if you don't think you need anything, Mm -hmm. go up and down every aisle, check your list twice, make sure you have it all. I guarantee it's going to take less time than you allotted for, you know? Presence expands time. And it's something that has completely changed my workday because- I think I used to, I know that I work best in the morning. So mm-hmm. hours between like 9.30 and 12.30, that like three hour window 
that's when my best shit gets done. And mm -hmm. so for a long time, I would try and tackle everything into that three hour window. And then the next thing I know, it's like three o'clock and I haven't done two things, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. versus me going, oh, this is the time that I feel the best while I work. Let me see what I feel like doing. The next thing I know, I look at the clock, it's only 1130 and I've tackled 90% of my list when I'm not trying to beat the clock and when I'm just being present and willing to experience what I'm doing. It's a huge game changer when it comes to time management. Like all you have to bring in is a little bit of presence and some mm -hmm. patience and it's going to go, go miles for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. Cause especially as kids, as kids were like, Oh, I can't wait till I'm adult. But then when we become adults, it just feels like time moves so much faster. Like, especially I, like, I can't believe that it's already almost July and it just feels like the days just pass by so fast. And I think a yeah. part of that is because as we get older, you get more busier, you rush more, you have more things in, to do more responsibilities. And like, there's more opportunities for you to get out of the present moment. And so that's why like the time just seems to be passing by so quickly. So that's a, a really good analogy that you said that just slow down and take things as they are. Yeah. And it passes quickly. I think specifically in America, cause we all live for the weekend here cause we mm -hmm. don't get enough time off. And I mean, for me, I take a lot of time off. I really, really do. Mm -hmm. And I never want someone to think that I am, working 16 hours a day, seven days a week right now, there have been moments in my career where that's happened and it's never served me. So I take an ample amount of time off. I never really work on the weekends. I don't usually work after like 12 o'clock on Friday, you know, like mm -hmm. I take that time because that's why I did this. I wanted to give myself the opportunity to live my life. So for me, time can go slower when I have nothing on the weekend. Like mm -hmm. this weekend, I have a wedding on Friday, but Saturday and Sunday are up in the air. So mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm rushing there right now. Cause I'm like, oh, we'll just, we'll see what happens. So this week I'm like, oh, it's only Tuesday. It kind of feels like Thursday because mm -hmm. I'm used to, oh, this weekend I have a ton of things to do. I'm going to zip by my work week or fly through it just to get there. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens is we are just rushing to the weekend. The weekend's done. We rush to the next. And then the next thing you know, it's been a whole month. You know, mm -hmm. it was just June and now it's June 21st, like you said. So for mm -hmm. so many people not rushing to the weekend and trying to cultivate joy, maybe adventure, mm -hmm. maybe excitement or like passion during your work week, that will extend time, especially mm -hmm. for us New Englanders in the summer. It's like we, we capitalize on our summer months, like June, July, August, they can go by mm -hmm. in a blink if you're not careful. So it's super yeah. important to make every day a day that could bring a miracle or bring a new mm -hmm. opportunity or just, you know, being open to receiving different things. Like could joy be tucked around the next corner in your mm -hmm. day? Like doing that on a Tuesday, how much joy can I find today? It's really going to help extend that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you have any other books, podcasts, or resources that you recommend people check out either on things we talked about or things you just personally enjoy? I really love Gabby Bernstein. I love her books. They were a huge catalyst for me in my spiritual awakening. And as far as podcasts, I can't lie. 
I haven't really been listening to them a lot lately. I think at mm-hmm. the start of my career and at the start of my like spiritual awakenings, I binged podcasts left and mm-hmm. right, like couldn't stop listening. I loved the Skinny Confidential, the Almost 30 podcast, Jay Shetty, Sahara mm-hmm. Rose. So those are ones that I still love, but I think right now I'm in this phase where I can't learn more yet. Mm-hmm. I'm in this place of, I want to practice what I already know before Mm -hmm. I go try and learn more. So, you know, maybe in the next few months, I'll get back on that wave of like listening and and consuming a lot more. Um, But those are people who, I mean, I just love following them. Everything like Jay Shetty is a huge Mm -hmm. expander for me as well. I haven't actually listened to Melissa Woods podcast yet, but now I need to, because she is one Mm -hmm. of my favorite people on this planet. Um, But yeah, I'd say if anyone's listening and you're like listening to podcasts out of fear, (laughs) Like ask yourself, why, why do I keep consuming? Like, can I just Mm -hmm. maybe listen to some music on my next car ride and like, let my creativity flow? Do I always need to be consuming? Just ask Mm -hmm. yourself. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of podcasts. Obviously I have one, but Mm -hmm. recognizing that we live in a world of overconsumption. So Mm -hmm. there's no rush and maybe see what stumbles across your path. That's what happens Mm -hmm. for me is like, I listen to maybe someone talk about a podcast that intrigues me. I go find Mm -hmm. it. I turn out to like, love it. Mm -hmm. Letting them find you instead of always be like seeking for more is a, Mm -hmm. is a really great practice. Yeah. I like that. Or even just turning it off because it's so easy to just always have something playing in the background, Mm -hmm. like your car drive while you're doing chores, like while you're working. And maybe sometimes it's good just to turn it off and just have silence. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Silence (laughs) is when you can learn to embrace silence, a lot Mm -hmm. will start to change for you because I think some of us are scared of our own Mm -hmm. thoughts and we're scared of being with ourselves. Um, But when you open that door, you get to know yourself and that's what we all want. We -hmm. might not know it consciously, but that's what we're all desiring is to know ourselves deeply, but we have to move Mm -hmm. through the fear of being alone with ourselves in order to get there. Mm -hmm. I love that. And where can people find you? Like your Instagram website, all of that. Yeah. So my personal Instagram is real with Emma. I also have my business Instagram real with wellness, and that's in the process of being kind of revamped right now. We want that to be the place where you can find all of the offers, all of the things that are upcoming for real with wellness. And our website is realwithwellness.com. My podcast is real with the podcast. You can find it. I think it's like anywhere that you listen to podcasts, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. Apple, Spotify, et cetera. Um, and yeah, that's really where you can find me. I respond to DMS mostly. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like there were so many more questions I could have asked you, but everything you talked about was so great. And I know everybody listening is definitely going to get a lot of value from this. So thank you. Thank you.